Look in, in Matthew chapter 21 and verse 7, where Jesus has entered into Jerusalem, and uh, they went and got the uh, donkey and the colt for him. And in verse 7, it says, They brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them, and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the ground. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the Son of God. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? Now I want you to notice that this is a Holy Spirit organized event. Jesus didn't send out messengers ahead of him saying, hey, I want you to cut down branches and put them on, on the road. I want you to take your cloaks. It wasn't all their clothes. They took all their clothes. It was just their outer cloak. And they took those off, put them on the road. It's like a red carpet uh, type thing as Jesus come in riding on his colt. And uh, it was a Holy Spirit organized and instigated because this isn't just man. This isn't what man's doing. And the Holy Spirit began to cause them to celebrate the entry of Jesus Christ into Jerusalem because he wasn't just coming in there to spend some time. He had purpose for, his, for coming to Jerusalem at this time. And he was going to be questioned and looked at and, and, and checked out if, to see if there's any blemish in him, just like the lamb in the temple where it can be declared, I find no fault, I find no spot, there's no uh, blemish. And Jesus come into Jerusalem with this purpose. And as he's coming in, the people begin to cry out, begin to make a red carpet entrance for him, and begin to cry out, Hosanna, son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. So we have people that just all of a sudden began to do this prophetic declaration inspired by the Holy Spirit and begin to move in the power of the Holy Spirit. Isn't it amazing how God can change atmosphere, how God can change circumstances? He took this celebration, all the people there, and suddenly turned it into a celebration service of the Lamb of God coming into Jerusalem to offer himself for the sins of mankind. And so God knows what he's doing, and God is at work today. The, the, if you think today that God's not active because of what's going on, then, then you're missing what God's doing. God is always active. He's always working, and he will bring good out of this for his people. All things work together for good to them that love him, those that are called according to his purpose. And so we are called according to his purpose. We love him. And God's going to bring good out of this. I believe when all this is over with, we're going to see some difference in our lives. We're going to see some changes in how we do things and what we value. And uh, that, that would be a, a tremendous thing. America needs to go back to being a producer nation instead of a consumer nation. We have been addicted to being able to purchase and buy things instead of produce things. And I pray that we go back to being a producer instead of just a consumer, where we, we no longer value just what we can buy, but we value what we can make, what we can produce. 
But as Jesus come into this uh, situation and all of this uh, uh, thing that was going on, the praise and, the, and people cutting down branches and put them there, Jesus was unmoved by that because he knew what his purpose was. He didn't come in to have some celebration. He came with a purpose. And when Jesus got there, they, and, and when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, it says, and they said, who is this? So the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. A lot of people didn't even understand what was going on. They just began to, to celebrate and, and to uh, rejoice and sing this song, and it continued into the temple. And so when Jesus came into the temple, in verse 12, it says, Then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. I want to stop right there and just look at some things. You know, Jesus the praise and worship that was going on, the, the singing in Luke chapter uh, 19 and verse 40, Jesus said, the writer said that, that Jesus said, if I, if I command these to be silent, the very stones will cry out, would immediately begin to cry out. In other words, this was not some type of promoted man event. This was a God event. This was something that God ordained, and it was going to happen. If the people didn't sing and didn't, didn't declare, then God said, or Jesus said, that the stones would, would begin to cry out. Creation would begin to cry out because this was a God-ordained purpose. This, this was not some man-made event. It was a God-ordained purpose. And I do, I, I'm praying for more God-ordained events. We, we are able to promote, we're able to do a lot of things, and uh, we're able to have some very sensational events, but I'm believing for God events, where God begins to orchestrate, God begins to instigate, and God begins to cause people to begin to move forward in the power of the Spirit and, and begin to manifest who He is. Jesus come into the temple, and He began to change. I want you to notice that Jesus confronted things. As soon as He got into Jerusalem, He began to confront things that were not right, and things that needed to be changed. As he came in, praise and worship began to take place. And then he went into the temple, and there were those sitting in the temple that had uh, uh, sacrifices there that people would buy. And as I've, I've read about this, they, they would actually uh, tell them that the sacrifices they were bringing in wasn't perfect, wasn't pure, wasn't acceptable. And so they would sell them a sacrifice so that they could, and they were making money off of the things of God and the principles of God. And instead of prayer and sacrifices being what it's supposed to be, relationship with God, it had become a business. It had become something that was bringing reproach to the house of God. And Jesus went in and began to clean house. You know, I wonder what would happen if Jesus just started cleaning houses, you know, cleaning our house, cleaning things up. I've often said that a lot of, a lot of people think that pastors are supposed to be just real kind and nice all the time and meek. You would not have liked Jesus as your pastor. He got a whip and drove people out of the temple. 
and uh, turned over their, their tables, and he drove them out aggressively and said, this has got to stop. Why? There was a purpose. He said, my house, as it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer. And that's what I want us to, to just look at today. Jesus, when his triumphal entry, the very first thing he did was go back and declare, my house shall be called a house of prayer, relationship with God, coming in relationship with God, worship and prayer. I want us to uh, begin to realize that prayer is everything. We talk about praying for revival, but we don't realize that a praying people is the revival. If people pray, we're having revival. There should never be a time where we stop praying because something happens. Every revival, every great move of God dies out because what got us there, we stopped doing. Praying is what, is what brings revivals, what we say. Prayer is the revival. Everything else is the outflow of that. And that's what, heart, that's what causes problems is we quit doing what our main purpose is. Our main purpose is relationship with God. Worship is relationship with God. It's not entertainment. It's not, it's not uh, just doing something that, that because that's what we do in the church. I mean, we have to, you know, we, we've got all kinds of ideas about worship and, and about church services. And I've heard it said for years that, that uh, you know, we, we do worship to get our hearts ready for the preaching of the Word. i got to tell you something. We do worship because God's worthy. We do worship because, because that's what we're supposed to be doing. There is no difference between worship and prayer and the preaching of the Word. It is all the same thing. We don't, we don't have segments. We don't have a worship segment, a prayer segment, and a preaching service. We have worship. We have prayer, and we have preaching as we commune with God. It's all one thing. It's not a set. It's not something that we try to, we, 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 we do because we're professional preachers or we're professional worshipers or whatever that, you know, whatever you want to put on that. Prayer is everything in worship. Worship is prayer and prayer is worship. You don't separate the two. They're together. We worship and pray as, because we're in relationship with God. A lot of, lot of us pray because we have needs. And the Bible certainly tells us to bring our needs. In Luke chapter 18 and verse 1, it says, Men ought always to pray and not lose heart. Men ought always to pray and lose heart. Jesus was making a statement. Men ought always to pray and not to lose heart. You say, well, how can I pray all the time? Prayer is a lifestyle. Prayer is an attitude. Prayer is what we walk in all the time. Communion with God is, is prayer. It's not about just uh, you know, being in some specific place. And, and getting on your knees and praying. That's part of it. Prayer is all the time. Prayer is worship. When we're worshiping God, if we're not communing with God in worship and prayer, then it's not true worship. It is, it's, it's entertainment. It's something we're doing to fill time or to, or to entertain ourselves. That's not what it's about. It's about communion with God. And, and prayer and worship are not separate. We continue in both. And so it says also in uh, Philippians uh, chapter 4 and verse 6, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, 
with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So we're certainly to bring our needs before God. But if that's all that our prayer is, then our prayer is nothing more than, than petitioning God to get something we want. And nobody likes that. that is, you can't build relationship on that. If we, if we have a marriage and everything we talk about, everything we do is trying to get what we want and, being, and, and that's it, that's not going to be a very good relationship. Our relationship with God, God wants to answer your prayers, but that should be the minimal of our praying. That should be the least of what we do. Communion with God. I used to feel, you know, when I was younger, I thought that praying was, was hard. I thought that spending hours in prayer was hard. I remember the first time I, I decided I was going to pray for an hour. And um, I, I started praying, and, I, you know, I was doing it out of duty. I thought, you know, as a, as a young preacher, I thought this is what I'm supposed to do. And so I, I set my, looked at my watch, and I started praying. And, uh, oh, I prayed. I prayed my heart out. I prayed for everything. I mean, I was, I was calling heaven down to earth. And uh, I, I looked at my watch, and it had been five minutes. And I was, I, I was out of anything to pray about. I, I thought, what, what, what else can I do? And so it was just miserable because I spent more time looking at my watch to see how much time had passed than praying because I was trying to fill a quota. I was trying to do something that I was supposed to do. I was fulfilling a duty. But then I began to realize that prayer is communion with God. And spending time with God in prayer is more than just asking for something. It is in relationship. It's worship. It's worshiping God. It's, it's, it's talking to God, letting God talk to you. That's the reason I say that the worship, when we come together, we don't have separate segments. Worship, prayer, and, and the preaching of the Word is all communion with God. Every bit of it is, is the same thing. It's communion with God. We separate it, and that's why it doesn't mean as much to us. But when we realize that it's communion, we worship, we pray, and we hear the word of God. There is a time in prayer that when you're praying, you, have to, you need to be quiet and listen and be taught and receive from God. And the first thing Jesus did when he came uh, into Jerusalem was reestablish the purpose of the house of God. The house of God is not a place just to do business. The house of God is a, is a house of prayer. It's a place of prayer. It doesn't matter where you go to pray. If we, I love having prayer meetings here. Before uh, this thing began to happen, we were having large prayer meetings here and worship nights and things like that, and, and it, I loved it. I, 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 I miss it. We're going to get back to that. But that doesn't stop prayer. Whatever, whatever changes they've made now, we still meet together as, as we can, trying to comply with all the regulations, but, but it doesn't stop prayer. We're going to have to get techie, I think, where we, we can have multiple screens and I don't know. We're going to have to become uh, prayer gamers or something. I know a lot of people get online and they do these games together. We're going to have, have to become prayer gamers or something. I, you know, somebody, somebody make an app, a prayer app, multi-prayer multi app. I don't know. Some, come up with something. Praise God. Some of y'all get on that. Make, make a prayer app where we can all be on at the same time. 
But when we, when we get together, we pray and we seek God. It isn't hard to spend time in prayer when you understand what it is and you long for that relationship, you long for that worship. It's just spending time in worship. It's spending time in prayer. It's, it's, it's communion with God. It's making your request known to God, but it's also bringing your soul into a relationship with God to where the peace of God can fill you. That's what it says in Philippians, that when you bring, make your request known with thanksgiving, with praise, and you make your request known, the next verse says, and the peace of God will fill you. That is, that is when we come into the presence of God, peace fills us. His presence fills us. And so today I want to encourage us that we, we've got to get over this thing of having a a, a separate prayer ministry or a separate prayer time. It's all prayer. And that's what the church has got to come back to is that our main focus is prayer. If a powerful move of God begins to happen where there's all kinds of demonstrations of the Spirit of God, if we stop praying and just start focusing on that, we're going to lose it. It's going to leave because that is the outflow of spending time with God. That is the outflow of communion with God. And so we've got, we've got to quit getting distracted by the power demonstration of God and stop communing with God. I remember when I, when I was uh, younger, I, I began to spend a lot of time in prayer and fasting and praying, and I was so hungry for God. And I would just pray for, for hours. Just, I would spend days just, just praying for God and, and had a real encounter with God. I mean an encounter with God. One a kind that of was it was actually terrifying. The presence of God was so powerful, it was terrifying. But then the grace of God just covered me up, and and I was I was protected in His presence. And I remember out of that time, and I, I would spend hours with God in prayer. And out of that became a, a, a tremendous move of God. I began to see uh, revivals. I began to see the move of God in powerful ways. And some, sometimes we would have services where wave after wave of the presence of God would come through. And people was being saved and healed, filled with the Spirit, delivered. It was just wave after wave. It just go on and on. And we began to see that in several places. But I remember as a young man, I began to get so busy with the services, so busy with the ministry that my prayer time began to, began to diminish. I began to spend less and less time in prayer, and things got hard. Things got to where it was hard to, to keep things going. It was hard to move forward. Everything got difficult. And the reason is because I left the purpose. The purpose was not the manifestation of the presence of God. The purpose was communion with the presence of God. And out of that communion with the presence of God comes the manifestation of the presence of God. So we've got to get this thing turned back around and realize that there is one thing important, and that's that we spend time in, in relationship with God where we can just come in his presence. There's times that I sit in the presence of God for a long time and just, and just quietly sit in his presence. And the reason is because there's times you need to just listen. There's times you need to just quiet your soul and just sit in the presence of God and, and hear what he has to say. There's sometimes that it's nothing. I don't hear anything, but I'm standing I'm in the presence of God. I'm there with him. And that's what it's all about. That's, what we, that's why we come. Jesus established that. His very first thing he did was establish the fact 
that my house shall be called a house of prayer. Today in the New Testament it says whose houses you, you are. You are the house of God. We individually are the house of God being fitted, framely fit together as the temple of God. So God has moved out of buildings. We still come into buildings and worship God. There's nothing wrong with that. We, we come into buildings, we worship God, we're supposed to assemble ourselves together. The Word of God tells us to do so. But, but when we, as individuals, we got to realize that we are the houses of God. My house should be called a house of prayer. We've got to learn how to walk in communion with God and learn how to walk in His presence, learn how to walk with Him. And then the outflow of that will be the manifestation of his presence. You'll find that you have to ask for things less when you start doing this. Because God says, the, the Bible says, Paul said in Philippians, that my God shall meet all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And so we've got to get back to the purpose. We've got to get back to the fact that God knows how to take care of his people if we just learn how to walk in communion with him. Amen. When we come together, when we give offerings, it's not, a, it's not about just giving offerings. It's not about a task. It's not about a tithe. It's coming in communion with God and doing a God act. You're taking of something you've created with your own hands, finances, and you're giving it freely, cheerfully, hilariously, just like God did when he gave you salvation. And so we're, we're working with God, and everything is worship. Our giving is worship. Our, our praise, our time we sing and worship, that is, that is communion with God. Our prayer time is communion with God. It's not hard to pray when you learn that it's not a task, when you figure out that it's a time of joy, it's a time of peace, and it's a time of restoration in the presence of God. And you're able to pray and worship God for hours. And, and time just flies by. It doesn't drag. It flies by. There's been, there's been times that I've been in the presence of God for six hours without, without a break. And, and didn't even realize it had been that long. Because when you're in his presence, time doesn't matter anymore. When you're in his presence, there's communion. And, and you're not thinking about what you need to do or what you need to get done. You're simply communing with God, hearing and seeing and anticipating the good things of God. So when we understand that, then it begins to, there begins to be a flow. I believe that if, if our country, you know, Vice President Mike Pence began to prophesy from the very beginning of the campaign, he began to prophesy and say, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. He's been declaring that from the very beginning as a prophet over this nation, declaring the word of God and calling us back to prayer. Churches and home groups, individuals, everybody in this country needs to hear the call of God that it's time to come back to the house of prayer. It's time to come back to, to real communion with God. The revival we're praying for, the move of God we're praying for will happen when when we get first things first and when we begin to realize the communion with God is what causes it. As Jesus restored the house of prayer, he drove out the money changers. He drove out those that had just turned it into a business and he drove them out, kicked them out of the house of God. And then it says immediately there began to be the blind and the lame came to him in the temple 
and he healed them. You see what I'm talking about? It's not about praying for healings and miracles. It's about praying to commune with God, and healings and miracles are the outflow of that prayer, of that time spent with God. We pray for revival, not realizing that our praying is the revival, and we need to focus on that and realize that God has given us a great opportunity here. If you want to see people saved, learn how to pray. If you want to see the healings come, learn how to pray. If you want to see God move in your life, learn how to pray. Learn how to spend time with God. Commune with him all the time and watch the hand of God move in your life. You'll have to do a whole lot less asking when you do a whole lot more communing, when you spend more time in worship, when you spend more time just in his presence, just seeking his face and, and to know him. I don't spend a lot of time asking God for anything. I spend a lot of time receiving from God who he is. And there, out of that comes the answers for the things that I have need of. Sure, I ask God for things, and I declare them. I come in agreement with him, and we declare, and we ask God for the things that we have need of. But God knows the things I have need of before I pray. He knows it. He said, you know, Jesus later on after this, you know, the Pharisees, everybody got upset because Jesus was, uh, the, the people was singing and worshiping in the temple. I don't know, you know, I, we, we, anyway, some people get upset about what kind of worship you're singing, what kind of singing the Pharisees get all shook up and all this kind of stuff. And we have a, we have an anti, you know, I, I was telling a group of, of people, prayer people the other day, I said, it's time for us to quit being anti in the church. Everything's anti. I'm anti this. I'm anti that. I'm anti uh, this type of worship. I'm anti this type of preaching. I'm anti this type of service. I'm anti home groups. I'm anti uh, big assemblies. I'm anti mega churches. I'm anti small churches. I'm anti. Everybody's anti about something, and we need to stop being anti in the church. We start need to start being and, and. It's not. It's not. It's not home groups or gathering together in large assemblies. It's and. It's everything. It's, we've got to start being and in the church. We've got to start pulling together and spending time just praying and worshiping God and watching God move and watching God work. We've got, we've got people that are anti this type of singing, anti this type of worship, anti. You know, I, I saw a post on Facebook the other day. Some organization, some church had to you know, put out there, this is why we don't do this type of worship anymore. Anti this group, anti that group. And I thought to myself, why? Why would anybody feel the need to have to tell people we're against these people now? We're against this group. Just keep your mouth shut and worship God. That'll work. Okay? Praise God. Just be quiet. Stop, stop talking about what you're against and start talking about what you're for. I'm for Jesus. I'm for Holy Spirit. I'm for a move of God. I'm for walking in the presence of God all the time. I'm for people. I'm for people that are hungry for God. I'm for people that no matter where they want to meet, whatever they want to do, I'm for people that are hungry for God. And that's what we need to get a hold of today. Amen. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I, I, I thank God that he's working because he, later on, Jesus Jesus uh, cursed a fig tree that, what, that all it had was leaves. It didn't have any fruit. 
nothing but leaves. And, and my goodness, we, we need to, in the church body, we need to get past the leaves, and we got to start producing fruit. It's one thing to produce a big, beautiful tree full of leaves, but if there's no fruit on it, it doesn't do any good. We've got to get the fruit out there. And, he's, and they asked him, you know, how did it wither so fast? And Jesus, Jesus told him, said, look, if you just have faith as, like the size of a mustard seed, if he was talking today, that's the smallest thing he had at that time. If he was talking today, he would say, if, we, if you had something the size of an atom or a quirk or, you know, something so infinitesimal that you can't even see it, if you had faith that size, you could move mountains. God is, isn't standing up there waiting to see if we're going to perform right. He wants us to get in relationship with him. And when we get in relationship and start saying what God says, then things are going to start moving. Mountains are going to start moving. Things are going to begin to happen. And, and we as the children of God need to get together and begin to declare this mountain of infirmity moved out of this world, killed all over this world, decimated so that we can live, so that we can get rid of this thing. And, and come together in worship and prayer and seeking God. So I want us just to grab hold of the fact that the manifestation of the presence of God does not come out of just wanting a manifestation of the presence of God. It comes out of seeking God and being in his presence. And then it's just a natural outflow. It, it just happens. And we got we to gotta get focused on that today. Amen. Praise God. We, we, need to, we need to get our, ourselves to the point we, where we put first things first again and realize that it's all about seeking God. I want to just pray today, and um, if Sister Val would come back for just a minute, I, wanna, I want us to pray and seek God and just worship a little bit and, and just spend time in His presence. It doesn't take a lot. All we have to do is just spend a little bit of worship little bit of prayer, a little bit of the Word of God. Just continue in that. And as, as we do that this morning, I'm going to just step out of the way here for a minute. We're just going to worship a little bit. Sister Val wrote an amazing song about Healing River, Let, let the Healing River Flow. I heard her practicing her. I don't know what she's got planned to sing, but that is, that is an amazing song. I was during a service one day, it's been quite a while back. I just turned to Sister Val and I said, God's going to give you a song for our church. And, and she started singing that just in, in spontaneous worship one day. And it's become a powerful uh, song about the healing river. Let the healing river flow. And I pray for the healing river of God to flow into your life today. I pray for God's healing river to move in your life today. If you're sick, if you're infirm, if things have come went wrong in your life, I just, I just want you to understand, spend time in the presence of God. Your soul won't want to do it. Your soul will not want to quieten down and spend time in God's presence. Your soul wants to try to figure it out. Your soul wants to worry. Your soul wants to fret. Your soul wants to get all shook up about things. But just bring your soul under submission in the Spirit of God and let God move in your heart today. Let His presence move in your heart because that's where your breakthrough is. That's where your victory is, is in his presence. Father, I just thank you, God, for this time. I thank you for your word. I thank you for Holy Spirit.
And Lord, I just pray over this people. Lord, everyone that's watching me right now, God, I pray for victory in their life. I pray, Father God, that they begin to have breakthroughs where they begin to enjoy the presence of God. They begin to enjoy spending time with you. Lord, that it become, becomes this heartfelt relationship, an intimate relationship with Father God. And the Holy Spirit begins to be powerful in our lives again. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus to break every chain, every yoke of bondage. Lord, I ask you to bring peace to the troubled hearts. Lord, the anxiety that is in people's lives, Father God, I pray for peace right now in their life in the name of Jesus. And we would just be filled with the love and peace of God. Hallelujah. Let's spend just a couple minutes in prayer this morning and worship and just spend time with the Lord and uh, see what God will do.